This is some slightly demonic twisted carnival music. Calliope music. For the slanted hallways of your mind. Just beyond the reach of your consciousness. It's the beast that pulls the levers. We can be as free as we want to be. That's what Albert says. Alfred. Alfred's world of trousers. The king of trousers in the greater Des Moines area. Come by for trousers. Stay for the wisdom. Leave enlightened. Alfred will set you straight. It's not as complicated as you think. We are going to continue on now with more Popol Vuh. Dot ist der Weg. Popol Vuh is a Belgian rock band that formed in 
continuing now with another track from Football Vu, the album that we've been listening to is titled Let's Tataka, Let's Deny. Let's Tataka, Let's Deny. Yesterday and last night, I believe, taking a stab at it from my limited exposure to China. This is Haram Di Ra from Popal Vu.
Dreams, Old World from the Dixie Tregs. And Steve Morris on guitar. Rod Morgenstern on violin. We are moving on with a piece from Soft Machine. This is The Tale of Talizan. You are listening to The Gates of Delirium here on MutinyRadio.fm.
listening now to Logic Tentacles. And moving on, this is Phelan Dawn from 2020. You are listening to The Gates of Delirium with me, your host, Perkins Warbeck, the 23rd.
Thank you very much. That's all we have time for. My name is Perkins Warbeck the 23rd. You have been listening to The Gates of Delirium, the finest compendium of prog rock this side of the Atlantic Ocean. We'll be here next week at the same time, the same place, mutinyradio.fm. Next up is Tweak a Mike after a break. Thank you very much. I on a raft without a pattern. We'll gather around me sea dogs and get aboard me pirate ship as we set sail for the seas of mutinyradio.fm. From there, you can captain your own pirate ship as you sail through over 44 different shows for all of your listening pleasures. They've got live comedy to small business advice. LGBTQ-friendly to sports, vinyl to gutter punk. MutinyRadio.fm has the best programming the Internet Ocean has to offer you. I bet my peg leg on it, or I ain't scurvy shit-faced McRat. <laughs> International banking, diplomatic cables, nuclear missile launch codes all rely on unbreakable encryption. What if these codes were no longer secure? That nightmare scenario seems to be a reality. A shadowy underworld syndicate is auctioning off access to the world's encrypted secrets. The only plausible explanation for this ability? Someone has achieved the holy grail of code-breaking quantum computing. Veteran CIA agent John Cooney must track down the perpetrators and retrieve this technology for the U.S. government. And it's personal, as the Enigma brokers have already cost the lives of his fellow agents, perhaps including his partner. John Wessex, The Enigma Brokers, is the first book of the John Cooney thrillers. Get it on Amazon. Billy Bob, you ever want to be funny? Well, my dogs think I'm funny, Daryl. Well, I mean, you ever want to be, like, in front of an audience, like, other than, like, squirrels, dogs, and dead peasants? Well, shoot. From time to time, I've given it a thought of two. You know, if you go to joke workshop, there's more than two peoples paying attention to your joke, and they ain't even gonna be jerks about it. Daryl, are you serious? I can get people to listen to my jokes? And they'll even say nice things, dear, before they tell you how to get improvements. No way. What is this dang nabbit thing called? It's Joke Workshop. Joke Workshop? Yep, every Monday, 6 to 8 p.m. on the Mutant Radius. So you're saying I could tell my jokes every Monday from 6 to 8? That's what I'm saying. It's the Joke Workshop Mondays, 6 to 8 p.m. at the Mutant Radius. $4.99. I was just leaving the theater. Convertible. 1969 gold Cadillac with the white interior oh. I drove it up here. And I started to do some thinking. Around in it on the freeway, and I'm having a really, really good time. Flat black glass. Smoking big spliffs and cruising. Saturday, noon to two. On the freeway. It's good. I am a total. Can I see? Uh, 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 uh,
John Clooney's friend and ally become a dangerous enemy? Private investigator Anton Gruber has been CIA agent John Clooney's trusted aide. Clooney may have questioned Gruber's taste in cuisine, but never his loyalty, until Gruber double-crossed him. Escaping with his life, Clooney is sidelined while his superior attempts to discover how Gruber was compromised. The investigation delves into Gruber's astonishing past, from his unpleasant days as an East German border guard to life as a narcotics agent, from his time in the tango clubs of Buenos Aires to a trip up the Amazon in search of Nazi gold. John Wessex's The Prague Deception is the third book of the John Clooney thrillers. Get it on Amazon. Hey, Mutineer Stolowitz here. Have you ever listened to Labor and Love on Saturday mornings, 10 to noon, with Bill Morgan? It's a really excellent show, one of my favorites here at the station. And it's all about service. It might be the devil, it might be the Lord, but we got to serve somebody. And Bill understands the virtue of service as the heart and soul of the labor movement better than a lot of people I know. And it's one of the reasons I love to listen to him. He breaks down socialism, democracy, protest history, workers' news, and the power of unions. Along with that, he serves up an excellent mix of jazz, Latin, gospel, hip-hop, and traditional folk ballads. Great stuff. Check it out. Labor and Love is every Saturday, 10 a.m. to 12 p.m. Serve somebody. Meals on Wheels is dedicated to fostering independent living for San Francisco seniors by providing hot, nutritious meals delivered to their homes. They're committed to fostering independent living for as long as possible. For more information, please call Meals on Wheels at 415-920-1111. This public service announcement is brought to you by your friends at Mutiny Radio in San Francisco. House of Pride Radio coming at you live from San Francisco. Folks, it's another episode here with your host, DJ Tweaker T. Happy to be here. Just seem a little weird. 
M-O-L-L-W-A-F-L-M-O-Y-T. Let's watch a full-length movie on YouTube with Mike Spiegelman and Carl. Hi, Carl. Hi, Mike. Thanks for having me on. I'm ready to watch a full-length movie on YouTube with right. you, the audience, and you, Mike. Uh-huh. Well, you should be welcome because the show is called Let's Watch a Full-Length Movie on YouTube with Mike Spiegelman and Carl. So you are part of the show. We just heard your theme song. You have watched this movie that we're going to watch a couple of times. We're going to yeah. watch a full-length movie on YouTube here on Mutiny Radio, where we stream first every Sunday, 2 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. You're probably listening to us right now on Mutiny Radio. We have other options. You can also follow our podcast. drops every Sunday night. Just subscribe to our acronym, L-W-A-F-L-M-O-Y-T. Write down that acronym and subscribe to our YouTube channel where we sync the movie to the podcast. Because you're going to watch a full-length movie with the sound off, and you're going to listen to us at the same time. And you have three options. You can do it live, you can do it as a podcast, or you can follow our YouTube channel. And as always, we love it when you donate money to Mutiny Radio uh, at Venmo at Mutiny Radio. And there's a lot of great things at MutinyRadio.fm. Check it out. Of course, we follow Found Round Sound with Scotto. As always, and we love Scotto and uh, love everything he does. So, <laughs> donate to the station. Carl, I'm excited to watch a full-length movie on YouTube. What is the movie this week? We are going to watch Francis Joins the Wax, 1954. I'm sorry, audience. I'm sorry. It is Francis Joins the Wax. That's what you put in the YouTube search engine. Francis is Fran. We all uh -huh. know that. C-I-S. Fran, C-I-S. Born a male. And then joins the W-A-C-S, the Women's Auxiliary Corps, 1954. Francis joins the W-A-C-S, 1954. Fran C-I-S. Okay, so move over, uh, Abbott and Costello and uh, Laurel and Hardy. Yeah, you've had fun with your military movies. Now there's a new gang in town. It's Donald O'Connor and his talking mule Francis as, wait a minute, they join a Women's Auxiliary Corps? Yeah, the Women's Auxiliary Corps. It all happens by a mistake, and it is, oh, the rip-roarious hilarity of a fish out of water. Oh, I bet. It's funny you said Abbott and Costello because this director directed several Abbott and Costellos, but I'll save it for save after. Save it for there. Well, I love the Abbott and Costellos. Is it Charles Lawton before we start? It is Arthur Lubin oh, is our right. director. Great. Well, I'm very excited. So – Here's what we want you to do. We want you to go find YouTube. We want you to type in a search engine. Francis joins the wax. W-A-C-S. 1955? Four. Yeah. 1954. The channel we like, Make Them Laugh. The official Donald O'Connell fan page. And there's, I would recommend subscribing to it. A lot of great Donald O'Connor movies. As you know, he's done five of these movies. Yeah. Yeah. And he's done a lot of things. He's the guy from Singing in the Rain. So we're very excited that there's a fan who posted this. So click that link, hit pause, move your timer to zero, zero, zero. We have a special treat coming up. Give you some time to get ready. We have a special comedian who's going to do our celebrity comedian countdown with Carl. I haven't heard this, but I know it's probably the best we ever have. So Carl, <laughs> take it away. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Celebrity Comedian Countdown, this time with Mike Laurel. Welcome, Mike. Hi, thank you for having me. Now, Mike, 
you are new to comedy. We see each other out there at the open mics on the shows that you produce. You've, you've had me on once or twice. But how long have you been doing comedy? What got you into it? Gotcha. I've been doing it for about two and a half years now. I started... Loud. Uh, I started literally two weeks before the first lockdown in COVID. Huh. So, yeah, so that's how, that's how it's easy for me to remember. I started, like, two weeks right before COVID, and I, I've always wanted to do comedy. It was something, like, I always just, like, I always dreamed of doing, but I just never, like, had the confidence to. Uh-huh. And finally, one day, I just said, why am I waiting? So I just went into it and did it. And so what? You went to an open mic? Where was your first open mic? Yeah, so actually, uh, I, I grew up in Staten Island, so I knew a couple people that just so happened to do comedy. I knew uh, Stephen Duca, who I'm not sure if you know, and John uh-huh. Kirshner. And so I hit them up, and I was like, hey, I'm looking to start uh, stand-up. Do you have any like tips or anything you can give me or tell me like where I can go to start? And they were running an open mic at the time, so they were just like, hey, come here this day. And it was kind of just that quick. Perfect. So you are not a newbie anymore, even though maybe two years isn't so much. But I mean, yeah. I see you up there. You've got your persona and your style. You've got material. You know, are you feeling more confident nowadays? Like you're, I mean, you're in our clique, right? You're one of yeah. us. No, yeah, I feel, I feel super confident now. It was kind of like, it was one of those moments where I started feeling confident even early on, but obviously just growing my voice on stage is where I need to start getting more confidence, and that's where I'm like, I feel like I'm hitting my stride finally, which is nice. Now you are hitting your stride, not just as a comedian, but you're also a comedy producer. Uh, what got you into that? You're just making your own gigs, or what got you inspired to be a producer? It was something like I've, I've wanted to just try to do my own show for a while because I always felt like it, it seemed like a fun thing to do. Uh-huh. Like I can give more stage time, of course, is always good too. So it was something that I was looking to uh, explore, and then finally I found a place that wanted to do a show, and that's how we made it work. Nowadays, you do a regular show at High Jinx. High Jinx. It's H I G H Jinx because it's a it's a um, uh, it's a dispensary. Tell us about that show, when it is, where it is, and how you got into it. Yeah, so actually, I went on uh, Facebook. They have all these groups for all different neighborhoods, like around Jersey, New York, things like that. And I kind of just put in those groups. I was like, hey, I'm a local comedian. I'm looking to do a comedy show. Do you know of any bars or restaurants or anything? I'm looking to do a show. And the owners of where I do my comedy show, Scarlet Reserve Room, they hit me up and they were like, hey, we would love to do a comedy show. If you want to come through, we could talk about it. So that's what happened. I, I Basically, they com- they commented on that post and then like a week later, I went there and we talked about it and we got it figured out. Now, this is hijinks? Yeah. Okay. Now, that's in uh, Red Bank, New Jersey, right? Tell everybody what day of the week it is and time and, you know, it's every – it's not once a month. It's once a week, right? So it was, we were doing them once every other week, but now we're going to start doing uh, one paid show per month, and that's going to be every fourth Friday of the month, and that you can pay for admission as well as pay for a pre-roll joint because it is 420 friendly. Yeah, it's very 420 friendly. (laughs) I'm not admitting on this podcast that I purchased uh, marijuana there, but I did purchase marijuana there. (laughs) 
I really appreciate you booking me on that show. Now, one of the other things I wanted to get to, I wanted to promote your podcast. Now, it's called Better Off Drunk. And who is your co-host and where can people find this? Uh, Steve Picaro is my co-host of that. And he's a great, great dude, great comic. You can find that on YouTube for the videos. And then you can find it anywhere you can listen to podcasts as well. Okay, so Better Off Drunk, you recommend YouTube, though, because they can see the video, but it's yeah. like industry, any of those, serve, you know, I, I, uh, pod, Apple Podcasts and, uh, uh, what, Spotify? Yeah, it's on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, any of I those. Think... I definitely recommend the video, though, because so the idea of the podcast is me and Steve have two other comedians come on, and then we just play drinking games. <laughs> so it's a lot of fun to watch us play the drinking games. It's, it's a lot harder to p- follow it when you're uh, listening. And then when you're watching the video, you can play along with us. So yeah, that's perfect. And things are better off when you're drunk. So better exactly, off. Exactly. That's the motto. <laughs> okay. Now, Matt, Matt uh, Mike, how can people find you out there on social media, on the internet? Do you have a website, your Instagram handle? Give us the lowdown. How can people follow you and go to shows? So you guys can follow me on Instagram and Twitter at, at Mike Loro Comedy, and then on Facebook as well, Mike Loro. Uh, you can also follow the Hijinx Comedy at, at Hijinx Comedy on Instagram, and so you can follow us anywhere. You can follow the Hijinx to get tickets and go to the show, or you can follow me just for laughs and go to my other shows. It's L-A-U-R-O, Loro, L-A-U-R-O. Okay, great. Okay, well, thank you for being on, Mike. Now, everyone at home is poised to watch this movie at the same time as we do here in the studio. So everyone at home must press play at the exact same time as we do here in the studio. So why don't you go ahead, Mike Loro, and give us that celebrity comedian countdown. All right, guys, let's get it going. You're going to hit the button when I hit go, okay? You're going to say three, two, one, go. Thank you, Celebrity Comedian, for that Celebrity Comedian countdown, and best of luck to you. Best of luck to you, Comedian. Yes, Comedian, thank you for your URL and your background and your service. We're ready to watch a movie. Time yes. to watch Francis the Talking Mule. Yeah, man. Wow, man. This this film is whack. <laughs> Who is the whackness? Woman's Auxiliary Corps. Chill Wills. Yeah. Now he's the voice of uh, Francis the Talking Mule. Yeah. Now in the other films, he was the voice. There were seven of them. He was the voice, and he was uncredited because back then they just didn't credit voiceovers. Why? Why? I don't know. But in this film, he's credited because he plays a general, and because he has the same voice as the mule, they play with that a lot. A lot of the times. It's never explained why, and it's never clearly. Uh, I guess I guess they think you know they're winking at the audience. The audience understands it's his voice. Does do they make jokes about it? Like so, they're like fourth wall breaking a little. Um, a little bit. Now this is the view of the nine eleven bombers. Literally, the Pentagon. Now, look, it's been 21 years, people. Calm down. I can make a joke. It's been 21 years. Right. Come on. Don't you remember they bombed the Pentagon, too? 
and they bombed that field in Pennsylvania. What devastation! They did it. Well, that was not intentionally. The the people, if I remember oh. that movie right. Oh, I thought they were trying to kill the crops for this season. Did you ever see that movie, Depressing Plane movie, where they uh, <laughs> based on the true life story? Nope. You know what I'm talking about? They had no, a movie was it a about nine eleven. Yeah. I think I heard of it because it's all about how they take them down. I don't think I would ever want to watch that movie. Now, this is our star, Peter Sterling, and he is Donald O'Connor. He's so young looking. Now, he was in the other films in the Army. And here, he's in the reserves. He works at a bank, and they're calling him back to duty. And he won't go. He won't go. Oh, that's treason right there, buddy. Uh huh. Bank robbery. That you stepped so, on the button. That was so um. Well. Oh now I'm not gonna do it, Carl. I'm not no, gonna do it. it. Cut to the next scene. You're in full military right. uniform on a train. On a train heading yes. to duty. Fort Chase. Hmm. Southern, yeah, you don't have to tell me this is a Southern movie. Southern California, look at those. We're, we're uh, certainly not South, right? I mean, yeah, Southern California, I guess. This okay. was filmed completely. This was in San Diego, Van Nuys, and it was in Universal Studios. And... Oh, no. Donkey's ass. Mule's ass. Who could that be? <laughs> yeah, we can't make our joke. Uh, this guy's a little horse. Oh, yeah, because he just won't shut up. Because he's a mule. Now, coincidentally, he sees his old mule friend, Francis. Yeah, who also got into the wax, right? Well, it's really a dumb plot point. Somehow, he heard that the computer screwed up, and Peter Sterling was getting signed to assigned to the WAC. So he got himself there, assigned to the animal experiment, exper, experiments department, mm. just so he could get there and get his friend Peter out of trouble. It's the dumbest plot point ever. Animal experiments, man. That's fun. They feed you some fucked up sugar cubes. <laughs> <laughs> you got like a horse boner the first time. Your mane's yeah. growing out. Then you eat the placebos and you're crashing. Ooh. Look, we Oops. just bumped into our main That's a terrible hero. Point. This is Captain Jane Parker. She is Julie Adams in real life, and she's our main whack. Wait, she's named after the Star Trek captain? No, she's – oh, you're thinking of Picard. This is no, captain... I'm thinking of Jane. Yeah, right. Right. Jane what? Janeway? Janeway. No, Jane Janeway? I... I never watched that series, Voyager. I thought they're just ripping me off. They're just trying to squeeze another Star Trek out of me. They're still mm -hmm. doing that. They're yes, still, they are. They're still fucking you up. They're still saying... No, I'm hey, fucking them up. I'm not watching the new Star Trek. Wait a minute. Carl, oh, well, that's great. Look at that guy. Love yeah, it. that was funny, right? Yeah. I now, like here that. comes Jane again, and there's going to be more trouble. Janeway. Bonk! No! I can't date you. Too much baggage. <laughs> Guess what? In respect, I respect this film in that there isn't any dating. There isn't any love interest. Right. It doesn't 
Me oh look what he's oh, gonna no. do. <laughs> that old gag. I'm running out of train gags. Darn it. Darn it. Oh now her uniform's all wet. Are you okay? Oh fine! Just fine! MT MP's gonna fucking drag him away. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, well, yeah, yeah, buddy. So you saw it was an accident. Yes, but a little dignity. Leave her a little dignity. Yeah. Oh, I guess the MP stands for man police. You did good. <laughs> Don't let her see this. Peter Sterling, he's a lieutenant. Lieutenant. Let me write that. because I. Keep so he's in the reserve. So was there a war going on? Korean War? Uh, there was the Korean War. I'm not clear on the dates of it. Right. But he will not be... He's not going up to the front line. It's so strange. These war comedies after World War Two. Yeah. Now here we have a funny joke. This is like a wax. He's expecting all these women to show up to get transferred. So he goes, "One minute, please. Let the ladies in first. Like, and then he takes a look and like, "You're a man," but he doesn't say it. He's just like, "Huh? Huh? Where you got a dick? Women? He looks at his dick." <laughs> Yeah, that's right. He's like, there's, I see a bulge in your pants. Yeah, I leaned over. Luggage. Back in luggage. Excess luggage. So he goes, here's his orders. This paperwork seems to be okay. And and look, you know, Peter Sterling is oblivious that he's assigned to the wax. I mean, why would he think that, you know? Right. And then he goes, his papers are in order. It came from Washington. He said, George or Martha. Oh, right. Is he Glenn or Glenda? I guess that movie came out around the same time. I always think of the cheap trick song from The Wax, you know, Surrender. Yeah, you were, because that song is so complicated and switches so many gears. I don't remember any of the words, especially because that's the part where it's like the sing-along part where everyone knows, except who knows that was the lyrics other than yourself. Yeah, well, Mommy's all right, Daddy's all right. They just seem a little weird. Everyone sings along with yeah. that. Surrender. But the lyrics are weird. Uh, the lyrics don't rhyme on purpose. They no none of the lyrics rhyme in the film in the in the song, and it's so awkward sounding. I did have the opportunity to see them live, and they did that song, and it was just fucking balls to the wall great. Oh, that's it, terrific! It's part of that song. It's that it just turns into another song halfway through. But I you know. Were saying, I always think that is a cheap trick. That is a, such a cheap trick. I think they they named that song after me because I didn't tip a prostitute. <laughs> so you can you say the lyric though because people won't even remember it. Uh, uh, Daddy says your mother's right. She's really up on things. Why before we married, mommy served in the wax in the Philippines. Now I had heard that the wax recruited all maids for the war, but mommy isn't one of those. I've known her all these years. And the thing about that song is that it just works on so many different levels, right? You're a young kid and you're just screaming it, and then when you're a parent, you're like, Yeah, god damn it. Yeah, you catch yeah. your parents having sex to your kiss records. Damn it. <laughs> what your Paul Stanley solo album? No, for the first time ever. No, it was numbers up. Numbers up was the kiss record they were rocking and rolling with. So now he's discovered that he's in the wax. What the fuck? Now, Hello, this, lady. This is a starlet, okay? Um, her name is uh, Mamie Van Doren, and she's alive today. She's one of the only people who's still alive today. And she was like a real sex symbol 
Yeah. Rock and Roll High School. Rock and Roll High School. Rock and Roll Confidential was a great movie with her. Well, I didn't catch that one, but that sounds exactly right. Uh, best remembered for for the rock and roll juvenile delinquency exploitation film Untamed Youth in '57. She was in Voyage to the Planet of the Prehistoric Women. Oh, was she a visitor or prehistoric women? I can only assume. And she's being all cutesy here. Like, they're expecting a A bunny sterling. And obviously, Peter Sterling's not, whoa, oh my goodness. Oh, Jesus Christ. She was only 85% dressed. (laughs) Now, here's our top dog lady. Okay, she is Major Louise Simpson, and she was like a sexy, sexy starlet, too, in the 40s. But now it's the 50s, and she plays more matronly roles. Nice. Now, we all know. this is still our main whack, the one who got all doused with water, Julie uh, Adams. Yeah. Now, why do they have a Star of David with an A on it? Um. For asshole? I don't know the answer. Jewish, Jewish asshole. <laughs> <laughs> you don't need to wear it on your sleeve, boys. Hey, did you just sleep with my Jewish wife? Nah, why would Jim say that? Because you got a Scarlet A on that Sergeant David on your shirt. Oh, yeah. That's right. It's an adulterer's. Yeah, you always sleep with Jewish men, Jewish married men. Was David, King David, the one who sent, who had the affair with uh, Jezebel and sent the the... No, that wasn't King no. David. It was a different one. Okay, never mind. That would work for the A. Yeah, right, Jezebel. Jezebel. Now look at that clock on the wall. I swear to God, it's like elementary and high school when we were growing up. Oh, uh, it looks like it's not 420 anymore, Carl. You can stop smoking. <laughs> now she's getting offended with like, uh, I think you wax are great in your place. You know, we're getting a lot of... Oh, Battle of the Sexes in this movie. Yeah, we're getting a lot of... See, he never means anything sexist, but they always get offended and take it sexist. The thing is, it is sexist, but he's just repeating the no, the, the the zeitgeist of the day, you know? Uh, Go ahead, listen to him worm sure. a little. It's wonderful, and they're just wonderful in their place. <laughs> in, our in their place! place. The fuck? Well, I'm just saying it could be anywhere. It could be here. It could be in the kitchen. In the kitchen. <laughs> Hello, sick symbol. Turn it up because it's fun. No. No, not yet. There's a she goes, he goes, what? Because there's something wrong. And she goes, not yet. Yeah, don't fuck him. Yeah. Incident. But you're saying he, he doesn't fuck any of them. He doesn't. Oh, yes, yes, they used to sell the stick. You can imagine. Yeah. I used to take some of them home with me. You did? Oh, yeah. You did? Yes, miss. I'm sorry, but it's been 10 minutes without a fucking talking donkey, and I'm going through withdrawal. (laughs) Oh, yeah. We're not going to meet this donkey. Well, it's coming up. He's going to go to his quarters. He's going to go to sleep tonight, and donkey's going to show up and explain himself. Now, have you ever seen the movie Hot to Trot? With Bob Heckle no. Wade, John Candy as a talking horse. He got credit as Don oh. Horse. Should uh, I see he, it? Yeah, I'll tell you why. It's one of the worst movies you'll ever see. Oh, Dabney Coleman's in it. He, uh, 
I did not enjoy that experience. Virginia Manson is a professional actor, though. I read an interview with Dabney. He couldn't say anything nice about the Talking Horse movie. He has buck teeth in the movie, Dabney. Okay. And uh, Gilbert Gottfried plays the veterinarian at the end of the movie. <laughs> He's got the horse on like a dentist chair. Now turn your head and cough. Uh, I sound a little hoarse. Doctor, you should listen to yourself. Yeah, yeah no, it's... there's this one scene in which the general, who's the voice of the horse, yeah, get or the mule, gets like horse, and I don't understand why he does. Okay, now we're gonna see the mule. Finally, all right, you got to open a window so the mule can show up. Right. It's like every Mr. Ed episode. It's like yeah, Mr. Ed. I think that Mr. Ed totally ripped off this series. Yeah, the absolutely. thing is. Director Arthur Lubin did it, so oh, so it's the same creative forces. No, okay. it's just director Arthur Lubin. Several Abbott and Costello films, Phantom of the Opera in '43, wow. the Francis the Talking Mule series, and he created the Talking Horse TV series, Mister Ed. So is he ripping himself off? I don't think. No, so. it's just an evolution. He's like, you can see the peanut butter falling out of the, the donkey's mouth. Mm-hmm. Oh. Yeah, that's right. They, to credit to this film, they don't do too many tricks with right. like, doing it in reverse, then forward, then reverse. Uh, it's pretty good. You see the way he's got his mouth going there? It's Yeah, no, it looks good. They're not faking it. They're it is this Mr. Ed them. thing where suddenly they're talking at a window and the horse comes in or – they're at a, you know some area where the horse could just kind of show stable. up. Stable. Mm-hmm. Yeah, stable. So oh, now I... he's, he's explaining the thin plot that he found out he was in trouble and came to look for him. He had to get himself assigned to the animal experiments department. It's, it's kind of cheap. But, I mean, it's our – what is this? This is our fifth edition. You know, I, was thinking, I was thinking about that, too, like – Police Academy Five, I think, was up. Uh, maybe Miami. Uh, when, when they go to Miami. Okay. Well, I mean, this film is no slouch. Uh, this film did better than. Um, uh, uh, okay, wait. Let me find it exactly. Um, <laughs> what's this? See, what's they this? overheard the horse, uh, the mule. So they think there's a woman in there. As it is a mule. And I heard she's stubborn as a mule. Oh, donkey. Donkey. It's not jumping out and biting me, but this film did better than the sequel number two and number three and number four. This one had good box office. I I really wanted to do a Francis the Talking Mule movie uh, on our show because I've always heard about this. So I wanted to find the most interesting one. I didn't want to find, like, I didn't want us just to watch another drab one. And I picked this because of Zazu Pitts, who's a regular. uh, Mamie Van Doren, who I read on IMDb, did not want to be in this movie. She did not want to be in this movie. And she had, Clint Eastwood was her friend. Uh, Let me. Like I yeah. said, she's still alive, and she's trying so hard to be a sex symbol today. She has, like, plastic surgery and stuff. 
Mammy Van Doren didn't want to be in the film, but she was contracted to Universal and had to do it. Clint Eastwood was her friend of hers and found out she was in it, asked her to help him get a part. She said, God, why are you trying to get into that movie? I'm trying to get out of it. The only reason anyone starred in that film because they were forced to do it. Well, he was in Joins the Navy, I believe. He was in a Francis movie, Clint Eastwood. I believe, yep. But we saw Clint Eastwood in uh, Bonzo Goes to College, too. Clint what? Clint Eastwood. Was... Wasn't he in Bonzo Goes to College? No. Was he no. in Bonzo? No. no. I would have I been all over that shit. I thought I saw a movie where he was holding a monkey. It well, must have been. Orangutan in any which way but rude. <laughs> Is that what you mean? It's not what Bef- you mean. It was before that. He's like a tall drink of water, like the young Clint Eastwood. Yeah, I guess I don't know about that. Okay, so <clears throat> by mistake, this woman is in the same bunker as him, and <clears throat> he's about to go, excuse me, and she'll go, ah, you know, that kind of thing. And the MPs run in and take him to the, the <laughs> um, major's office, and, oh, I'm sorry to disturb you, ah! Yeah. Wait, it's, it's too dark. Screen. Some cute nineteen fifties uh, styles. Yes. Yeah. Nobody in here, huh? Look, he puts his head under because it's a comedy. <laughs> oh shit! It's the Madam Police. <laughs> MPs. Ms. Police. Ms. Pac-Man. Yeah, Ms. Pac-Man. <laughs> I know what you're thinking, but it isn't true. Now, I know what you're thinking, but it isn't true. Then he comes into this office and goes, I know what you're thinking, but it isn't true. Isn't it obvious that this was all of error and that he, he a guy is in a lady's auxiliary? No, they know it's a mistake, and they're getting him transferred out, but he's spending the night, you know. And but They didn't realize that he might cause trouble, like having one guy in there. But he was supposed to be isolated in his own barracks, and it was a screw-up that that woman came and got gotcha. him off. They do that a lot. Two incidences one night? Two incidents. Now, she was a – this woman in the 30s and 40s was like a statuesque, sexy man-killer. She was in 150 movies. Wow. She's got two stars on the Walk of Fame because when her movie – career started to dry up because she got older and she wasn't she couldn't play yeah she turned to television and she got real smart so she got two stars on the hollywood walk of fame so one star has a film uh projector yeah and then the other one has a tv set yes was she on Um, radio does she have a radio one she doesn't Commenting on her other woman roles, Barry once said, I seem to be a woman always with a gun in her purse. I'm terrified of guns. Oh my God, I go from what? What? Francis was out the window. You missed it. Yeah, and he what he's doing is saying, like, nice ass, toots. Go ahead, play it. And she's like, how dare you? Yeah, you're the one with the nice ass. Mule hanky-panky. Mule hanky-panky. I mean, now listen there. For lack of clear-cut evidence, I will not press charges against you. But let me 
we do and do as we do. Everything? Everything. <laughs> that is whack. You want me to whack off? You want to whack? Yeah, because they say whack officer, and you hear whack off a lot. <laughs> I forgot about whack officer. <laughs> mother says your mother's right. She's really up on things. Why before we married, mommy served in the wax in the Philippines. That's right, yeah. Hey, all right. Now, in the movie, I don't understand why he comes out in his bathroom. It's right, he is explained. in the military. There isn't some mistake. He comes out and joins the troops in his... I don't understand why you're wearing a skinny tie and Speedo. I mean, just because you're playing cheap trick doesn't mean, like... <laughs> uh. Now yeah, I had heard the wax recruiting old maids for the war. But mommy Look at that. He's at least wear a shirt, Donald. But for what? Why does he come out like that? I don't get it. Now he's like fall in line and do the exercises with them. He's like, oh, it's a big mistake, and that's why I'm naked. You can wear some clothes, goddammit. Did he not think that he had to go for military training in the morning? I don't know, and I don't know why he comes out like this. And they're giggling. There's our main whack, our captain. Yeah, she looks great. That haircut. Let's see here. Is that the mean Parker? Now she was in everything, man. She was all over TV. Was that Zazu Pitts? No, Zazu Pitts is like a wacky lady who's in the infirmary, she's with the animals, and she was in the first movie. She's reprising her role. On the fifth movie. Yes. So the um, sixth and seventh movie, the director went on to do Mr. Ed, and Donald and Chill Wills wasn't in it. It was Mickey Rooney. Mr. Ed was a movie, not just a TV no, show? No, no, but when they did Francis, uh, Francis and the Haunted House, and I think oh. the other, it was Mickey Rooney taking over, and it was... Really? Uh, Paul Freer did the last voice, the, the famous uh, voice talent from Disney. You recognize his voice. I, I, I can't do his voice right now. So they're all giggling at him. I didn't know this. I don't think they should have done that. I think they should have sticked to their genuine roots. Well, I think it's just they wanted the series to continue. You know what I mean? Like how there's yeah. always air buddies and space buddies. They want and, their know, money. Yeah. Like talking animal movies are, are great kid fodder, you know? I think of a talking animal movie I liked. like. Like, the animal talks. Oh, I guess Polly. Did you ever see that with Jay Moore and Buddy Hackett? No. It was like a, a smart-ass parakeet. No, uh, I never did. Not bad. It's cute. Yeah, I never understood talking animals. Like, do they, they understand humans, but they don't understand their other animals? Yeah, I guess not. And they can't talk to their other animals. They don't speak English. You know, talking dogs creep me out because dogs use their mouths not only to talk but to fucking attack people and, and you know. Right. Yeah, so this it's talking, but it's also the same set of jaws it's going to use to kill an animal. Okay, I never think of it that way. Look, his back is hurting. 
So now we're going to get more mistaken sexist stuff. Why don't you go listen to sure. him so you can get offended? I heard Donkey Kong called. He wants his barrel back. Yeah, well, it's pretty friendly with this. It wasn't meant for women. Hey, I'm sure the women would appreciate it if you showed me how sometimes. Oh, maybe I could get a few volunteers to help. Wonderful. Me? Yes, you, Lieutenant. What? What did I get myself into? What did I fuck myself into? Six. He's got one of those Jack Lane bodies, right? Like you know. Nowadays, guys are like, I can't wait to have a four-pack ab. Yeah, every time a guy takes off his shirt in a television show or a movie, he's he's like a guy who goes to the gym. Right. It's really not realistic. So I was watching this thing called um, The Good Place. It's just a Ted Danson streaming show. Yeah, right, yeah, the sitcom. And so there was this guy, he's named Cheedy, and he's a, he's a professorly guy. He's like a professor of philosophy and – it was ridiculous. He took his shirt off in one episode, and he was six-pack ripped. It made yeah. no sense. He... Uh, yeah. It's like, you ever see uh, Guardians of the Galaxy? In the second uh-huh. one, he takes his shirt off for a split second, and everyone in the audience is like, smooth. And it's like, <laughs> dude, that guy must have like worked out insanely just for that one scene where he takes his shirt off. Right, Exactly. Now, Arnold Schwarzenegger did that at 60 for his Genesis, but that makes sense. Yeah, he's also he the robot. He's supposed to do it, yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, the big story is Kamal Najiani of uh, the Eternals, right? Uh-huh. He famously is a comedian, not really the, the guy you would think who would buff up. He was in Silicon Valley, but he buffed up for that Marvel movie, and then he publicly said, please, guys, I, I'm really self-conscious about it. Please don't comment on my buffness. Okay. It's like that Jonah Hill thing. Please, I don't want to talk about whatever I'm promoting. You know, it's just it's a mental health issue. It's like oh, it's, so it's he, he got he was affected by the internet. You know, the internet critiquing 